Boys and girls, we're back. It's draft season for most of us, at least. Nobody cares about the Rams or the Bengals. So let's talk to Ken Swanson from KC Sports Network. Boys and girls, let's go. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is draft season. Packers are not getting ready for the Super Bowl, nor are the Kansas City Chiefs, which I feel like I have to throw that in there due to our company <laughs> right now. <laughs> so it's time for the Gold Zone, which is an NFL draft-related show because it's draft season. Now, the draft could be very interesting, like it always is, but it could be more interesting for the Packers depending on where they're picking. Who knows? Maybe a quarterback gets traded, and that makes things a little more higher up in the draft order. But welcome to the show, everybody. I'm your host. I'm Jacob Westendorf, and you can follow everything we do here at Game On WI on Twitter. I'm joined by my co-host, my partner in crime. We even share a name, and who knows what else we'll share by the end of this show. Jacob Morley. Jacob, it's like a family affair at this point. I feel like I've seen you every day this week. Yeah, with the new lineup over at Pack-A-Day, it's been, been fun to talk to you on Mondays. Now we'll talk a little draft on Wednesdays as well. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really, really excited to be to be back here live on Game on Wisconsin at the Gold Zone, and I uh, got to welcome my good pal Kent Swanson here to the show. But also got to Kent, got to welcome welcome you to the club. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to the club of having an elite quarterback, all world, all talent, pee down his leg in the playoffs. How's it? How do you feel over there? Pain. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, like something was, something like this was gonna happen before we do it, and it feels good to be, you know, I, I can, I can, I can relate to you better now. I think, Jake. It, yeah, it's uh, we've got. I mean, can you could probably <laughs> the 2014 NFC Championship game? I was actually living. We were living together at that time, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And watched it at the Westerfield houses back in uh Olathe, Kansas. And after that game, there's a dumpy little lake by us. And like there we had like people over at the house. And I think I'm pretty sure I just like got up and left. And I just had to like, go away. And I legit just took my car out to the lake and I just sat out there. I just sat out there just in silence. It just at Olathe Lake just quietly. And like there's been a few more uh games like that since and it's tough. Pain is pain is right. And some of the time, sometimes at the hands of the quarterback and the quarterback position, Kent. But uh, I don't know if the, the good people know this, but Kent is the quarterback whisperer for us over at uh, the KC uh, Sports Network. And we do have the KC Draft Guide coming out this year. Kent's always um, on top of the quarterback. So we're uh, super excited to have you here today, buddy. Dude, yeah, let's talk about all these uh, wonderful quarterbacks in this class. This is just an exciting group, right? Not That's a great time to need a quarterback, is it? No. And last year we had Kenton and it's Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson and Justin Fields and Mac Jones and Trey Lance. And this year it's like Matt Coral, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe it'll turn out okay. Oh, I don't I, know. Can't, 
I mean, I think all five of those guys would be QB1 in this class, right? Even McCorkle. And, Ken, you were not very high on Mac McCorkle-Jones last year. Or do you know off the top of your head, like, what, where think, he would fit in in this year's class? Well, early grade, my early initial grade on Kenny Pickett's a little higher than uh, than Mac Jones, but I think that's going to change, too. Like, Mac's, Mac's right there with all these guys where I had Mac last year. Some of these guys that we're talking about, I think they're all – kind of in that same kind of range cluster where I had them uh, relative to last year's, you know, Mac. But yeah, like most of those guys are QB1 uh, in this class and most of them by a large margin, I think. Yeah. Were you, now I'm trying to remember because we did this last year and we the question we had was who's QB1 besides Trevor Lawrence because that was everyone's quarterback one forever. Some people talked themselves into Kyle Wilson by the end of the, Zach Wilson. I just did the Peter Bukowski thing. Uh, Zach, I just did the Bukowski thing. Um, Zach Wilson. Some people talked them into themselves. Was Zach your number two or did you have somebody else? So I think Zach wound up QB two in the draft guide that we did, but he was, I think he wound up being my QB three and Trevor, uh, uh, Justin Fields wound up being QB two for me personally, but it was close. Like I really like Zach Wilson. I really liked, um, uh, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, obviously QB one. Those two guys kind of went back and forth in both the guide and my personal grades. I think I wound up with Fields as number two, if I remember correctly. Okay, so we went that route on that. We, we'll get to uh, some other quarterback questions. The other quarterback question I have, kind of in the mold of Jake Morley, are the Kansas City Chiefs wasting Patrick Mahomes' prime? <laughs> oh man! <laughs> Welcome to the club, baby. Welcome. <laughs> are you are you fully prepared for all those stupid questions oh, that are bound to come your way? Yeah, I, 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 I'm. I, they already are. There's already kinds of. There's all kinds of stuff, and I, you know, there's been all kinds of narratives that have been pushed this year, and you know what? That she didn't get it done. Mahomes played terrible in the second half, and now we're gonna have to endure it all off season. Like I, and this is gonna be like this is probably new for us because Mahomes really wasn't the reason. I mean, he was doing everything he can. He's literally throwing the ball perpendicular to the ground last Super Bowl, last time, last season. So no one was really blaming Mahomes for last year's performance. This year, he's open to a ton of criticism. I don't know how y'all deal with it. And I'm not like this is just on field stuff. I don't have to deal with some of the other stuff y'all y'all are having to deal with with the off field word well let's yeah. let's get to that right now so i'm going to put you in brian gutekunst's chair obviously jordan love was your first round pick a couple years ago your current starting quarterback aaron Rodgers, then kind of raised hell and said i want out of here you didn't do that he responds by likely winning his second consecutive mvp but your team falls short again in the postseason and you're at kind of a breaking point in terms of do you keep shoving money into the future or do you bring everybody back and, and starting that way with Aaron Rodgers? If you are Brian Gutekunst, are you moving heaven and earth to make sure Aaron Rodgers stays? Or are you saying, nope, I drafted this guy. I'm going to be bold and move on and, and roll with him. Man, you know, I think you would have wished that Jordan Love did a little bit more in his uh, his little, you know, Little little test run there. Uh, one of the you know, Kansas City being the game, uh, and obviously a little, I think it was a little bit against the against the Saints. Is that right? You get to play a little bit against the the Saints earlier in the uh, year. Yeah, is that right? Detroit uh, later in the year. Okay. Yeah i I think I'd still roll with Rodgers. Like I know there's a lot of drama there, but it does feel like from on the outside looking in, some of the fragmentation of that relationship, some of the fractures in that relationship got repaired a little bit. 
Um, maybe not entirely, but I, I think you got to roll with that guy and see what happens. But I, I mean, I, I I don't think there's a good answer either. Like, I, honestly, that sounds weird. I, I don't know if there's a good answer for 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 y'all, and that's what's so weird about this situation. So yeah, my I take think- has been this, and Jake, I'll let you give yours here in just a second too. So just so we kind of get this out of the way between now and draft day, my take has been that I would cut the cord. I'm ready to to move on. I don't even like Jordan Love. I didn't like him in that class. I don't care about Aaron Rodgers' feelings when they took him, nothing like that. I just didn't like the prospect. So I wasn't thrilled when they took him from that side of things. But kind of like when Favre was here, at a certain point, you knew how that movie was going to end. With Favre, it was a multi-interception meltdown. Maybe he throws to a double-covered receiver with three other guys wide open, kind of similar to the way Aaron Rodgers' last game just kind of went. With Rodgers, it's not the multi-interception meltdown, but it's just bad football. Like he plays a bad game at quarterback and it doesn't look as terrible to from the box score standpoint because he completes over 60 some odd percent of his passes. Didn't throw a touchdown this time around, but usually throws a touchdown or two and, and doesn't turn the ball over. But I would move on. I would take your bounty. Aaron Rodgers is I'm not going to the guy who dragged your organization through the mud the entire offseason wine to get heaven and earth moved for him then they did and then he's the choker i know everybody's pointing to special teams as the reason green bay lost but it's pretty if bad rogers if rogers so it was bad. and it was and it, and it was i'm not saying it wasn't however if rogers plays a b minus game green bay wins that game by two scores if he plays rogers, a c minus game they win that game. <laughs> they win rogers rogers handed in a d minus and and the only reason it wasn't an f is because he didn't turn the ball over he was horrible and I would say if you're the Packers, instead of just shoving all this money out for a game that's not going to, you're not going to get to, roll with Jordan Love, get all them picks. If Jordan Love stinks, then you have the ammo to move up and get Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, whoever those guys are in the 2023 class. That's what I would do. However, the Packers have been very that. vocal. They're not going to do that. So any analysis like that is almost a moot point at this point. So Jake, and I, think- I you love Jordan well, Love. What would you do? I do love Jordan Love, but I think the worst thing that Jordan Love could do is just be okay, right? Like either he needs to come in and be very good or he needs to stink, and yep. they need to move on from him quick. Um, but in any case, that's – and I'm with but I'm with you guys from a span standpoint. I'm sick. I'm sick of it. So, like, I'm ready. I'm ready for whatever's next. Um, but from a franchise perspective, like, they're not going to do that. Um because they're going to look at this guy who's won back-to-back MVPs and say, this guy still gives us the best chance to win a Super Bowl. This guy still gives us the best best chance to put butts in seats. And ultimately, that is probably what they care about just as much as winning Super Bowls, um, which is tough to kind of spoon, you know, kind of eat as a fan. But like that is that's the bottom line. And Green Bay is a small market team. Um, they need they need to sell that thing out. And and they will. They, like Don't get me wrong. They will. They'll sell that thing out if Kent Swanson was playing quarterback for 17 weeks for the Green Bay Packers. There, there would be butts and seats. But Jake, you've seen me play, bro. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I might trust hey. you in a January playoff you can, game more than I do you Aaron Rodgers. You point. can turn around and hand the ball off to Adrian Dillon. And, uh, and I Aaron could Jones go to the least. flat. <laughs> maybe. The undraftable. Yeah. Maybe 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but like, yeah, so that, that's the thing. And I think uh, with the Jordan Love route is obviously it, it is uh, appealing because it's going to come with the King's ransom, right? You're going to have all the picks and capital that you would get from, from Rogers. And this is a draft show. So we're all kind of draft nerds anyways. And the thought of your team having multiple first round draft picks for the next couple of years is fun. It's, it is a lot of fun. And especially if Jordan Love would hit your window is wide open with these picks and Gutenkunst has proven 
Uh, he hits. He hits on these high on these high picks. He he's got a very good track record of top 100 picks. After that, that's another that's another conversation. But um, you get those high picks, and it could be a lot of fun in Green Bay. But um, if I was a betting man, I would I would I bet the house on Rodgers being back in Green Bay. And maybe we'll actually get Rodgers versus Mahomes, which somehow the teams have played twice in the last three <laughs> years, and it hasn't happened. Yeah. And they've had a chance to play in conference title games. And the Packers, per usual, when it comes to the AFC quarterback star being on the other side, didn't hold up their end of the bargain. So maybe we'll get Rodgers versus Mahomes one of these days. No uh, State not, Farm Bowl yet. Just like no the state. state Farm is furious. Oh, God. Oh God, there's so much. I know somebody who worked for State Farm. They said they had so much marketing that they had to just toss in the shredder because well, they oh, it, was supposed, it was supposed to come to Kansas City and they had like the Jake from State Farm was in KC to do events and stuff for this game that they were supposed to play between each other and then Rogers missed it. But like they had they had events in Kansas City at State Farm ready for this game and then Rogers misses it. It's it was insane how much stuff they had ready for this for this game. Probably would have been a much better game if Aaron Rodgers had played. But I digress. We've talked enough about the current quarterback. Let's talk about some of these guys. So I want to start here. QB1 this year is a little different, so I want to get your guys' take on this. Kent, let me start with you. Who is the best quarterback in this year's class? Oh, that's there a great is, there, omen. There is we, no, we, no it's, it, we talked about this in the DMs today, so I'm I'm – I'm pretty. I probably could just recite what Kent's gonna say, but go ahead, Kent. I don't. I actually. I, I. I've been all over the place, especially coming out of the Senior Bowl. The highest grade I had going in the Senior Bowl was Kenny Pickett, um, followed by Matt Corral, Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis, Sam Howell. That was my top five. Um, I. I don't know, man. I, I. I. Desmond Ritter's coming up a little bit for me, even though I'm not high on him. Like that. That's kind of weird. It's. It's. It's a weird year. I'm starting to like Desmond Ritter a little bit more. Um, I'm not ready to commit to anyone though. I'm not, I'm not, let me put it this way. I'm not ready to commit to any of these. I don't think any team should be ready to commit to any of these guys. So you could, you could make an argument for five different guys, four different guys as QB one in this class right now, Desmond Ritter's creeping up for me. Kenny Pickett's right up there too, even though I know some people just hate Kenny Pickett. <laughs> I'll talk a little bit about Desmond Ritter here in just a little bit, but yeah, Jake, who's, who's your number one quarterback going into uh, this off season? I mean, the way I, the way I look at it in this year's draft class is I think all these guys are backups in the NFL. <laughs> so, you know, inexplicably one of these guys will hit like the yes. law of averages say like one of these guys will be a good starter in the NFL. Unless um, this is the 2013 draft, which, which there was, there was nobody, but like every year has at least one guy except for, the Gino draft. Was it Teddy? Was it Manuel? No, Teddy was 2014 because that was the year Green Bay got Clinton Dix. But yeah, 2013. Yeah, so, That's yeah, the year the everyone... Chiefs had the number one pick. Yeah, they took Eric Fisher. And they Fisher. took Eric Fisher. The one year doesn't have, uh, uh, you know, the one, one year there's not a good quarterback. Like, I think you're sam sandwiched between like Andrew Luck and. Uh, maybe Cam Newton. Or 2014 something. would have been uh, Blake Bortles, so it yeah, didn't get yeah, much. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're, well, right. you're right. Going back to that 2013 class, so I do think it is similar to this class in the sense of mm-hmm. we are talking ourselves into guys like saying like guys go in the top 15. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. And props to the NFL for that year. Like it didn't really happen. There's like EJ yeah. Manuel. That was it. Yeah, and EJ, and so that is 100 why. Malik Willis is my QB one. Cause why was EJ Manuel a top 20 pick tools? 
That's all he had. None of those guys. I think the NFL NFL saw those guys as backup level players, which a lot of them turned out to be. And they were right. And they saw EJ Manuel, who was, you know, coming off the heels of Cam Newton, uh, you know, a big athletic quarterback, huge arm, uh, just physically gifted. And you look at Malik Willis. And I think if any of these guys, if any of these guys reach their potential, I think Malik Willis is potential reached is a Super Bowl winning quarterback, right? Like he has all the intangibles. He has got a hose for an arm. He's got the feet. He's got, you know, the athleticism. Does he miss wide open guys? That. Yeah, he does. Uh, can you question his ability to see the field? Yeah, you can. Um, but, you know, I think the NFL is going to talk themselves into basically saying, well, he is only he's only here in his development because he went to Liberty and because he wasn't getting the same type of coaching as the Pittsburgh guy, the Cincinnati guy, the UNC guy. So we think we can bring this guy into our program and get him to, you know, whatever level it's going to be. And I pray to God the Detroit Lions take him number two overall. <laughs> I just I think want that because I don't want him to take Aiden Hutchinson. But yeah, go ahead, Ken. Well, I, I just think it's interesting. It's, you know, if you're going to go, like, if you're going to take a quarterback in the first round, you need to go all in on him. You need to yep. be, a, you're, you need to go and and build something for him, build something around him. You know, you've got to give him a fighting chance. I don't think uh, Matt Nagy did a good job, for instance, with Justin Fields last year of giving him a really good chance of going all in with him and trying to build an offense to his skill sets. I think that's why some of these talents in the situation is so crucial. Malik Willis is probably the guy from a tools perspective you can go most likely to go all in with, right? Because I think all these other guys, they have some physical abilities, they have some tools and stuff, but I think you could probably build an offense around the strengths of Malik Willis and develop him. Whereas some of these other guys, I don't think the ceiling's nearly as high. Um, I don't think their skill sets are anything remarkable that you want to build an offensive game plan around their skill sets and so like i get the appeal of malik willis but there's also just like at the same time you've got it there's just a lot of question marks for me that make me question whether i want to do that and like that's why i say i don't look at this group and even malik willis with all the skills he has and talents he has i'm not excited about going all in on him Mm -mm. it'd be fascinating to see if anybody will he's gonna get people fired yeah that's what i think like that's I think our, our buddy Zach Hicks said it today, too, when we were talking about this. Like, if he goes top 10, top 15, he has more bust potential than any quarterback in the last five, 10 years. I mean, that's he what really happened does. in Buffalo, right? They took EJ yeah. Manuel. They, those guys all got fired. That's just. Oh, was that Doug Whaley? Doug Whaley. It was Doug mm-hmm. Whaley, who he's a good friend of our friend, uh, Tyler Dunn. So I've got some love for Doug Whaley for sure. But you guys uh, are right in terms of going all in on your quarterback. And that's something that could get interesting with Green Bay and Jordan Love because there are going to be holdovers from the Aaron Rodgers era, if you will. Something that I was told a while ago that kind of stuck with me was somebody who worked closely with the Eagles. When Nick Foles won the Super Bowl, it was like the best thing that's ever happened to the Eagles, obviously. And also kind of a down thing for Carson Wentz because then what you had was in the locker room, you have Foles guys and you have Wentz guys. And like you mentioned, Kent, you got to have everybody. That's not just your organization, like from a front office and coaching standpoint, the players got to buy into this dude too. And when you've got Alshon Jeffrey, who was very subtweetingly vocal about how he would prefer Nick Foles be the quarterback, that makes for a problem. And that makes for a problem when you get a guy in the first round. The reason I brought up Jordan Love 
is Green Bay could face some of that turmoil next year if they choose to move on from Rodgers, which we've kind of established that they won't. But the point I'm asking now is you guys are talking about your quarterback ones in this class. I've heard some people say that Jordan Love would be towards the top of this class. Kent, do you agree with that assessment that he would be QB1 if he were coming out this year? Overwhelmingly QB1. Wow. I think he'd go, I think he'd go top 10. I think he would be a no-brainer top 10 investment. Some team would bet on him. And I'd get why. I think he's got I think he's put I think his sample size in, in college was better than any of the guys that we're talking about matched with his physical abilities. Now, this is hindsight looking at staring at the draft, you know, when we were walking. I don't I don't, you know, I think he's still got a ways to go developmentally and I think you kind of saw that a little bit this year. Um, you know, I so his performance against the Chiefs was very underwhelming to me. Steve Spagnuolo is a very tough matchup for a young quarterback, but I think physically I think the skill set, the ability that he possessed, that he showed in college, is much more um, impressive and in the body of work than than any of these guys. So yeah, I think a team wouldn't have as hard of a time talking themselves into, um, you know, like he he he's probably kind of on the bottom end of that threshold of guys that you're willing to you know maybe go all in on, you know, and and I could see I I could see a team in the top ten uh, taking him coming out. If, he, if they had gotten the opportunity to in this particular draft, because this, I mean, cause and it, it's market adjusted for sure, because the, I just think this, I think this group stinks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, I think what's really interesting to look at is the thing that we kind of say in green Bay is like, what, whatever you thought about Jordan love on draft night is probably what you think about him now, because we've seen him play for six quarters. Um, he it's been, and it's been like, yes, you would have loved to have seen him come out and play really well against the chiefs. Like all the, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers versus Dallas when he got in in year three and everyone was like, oh, this guy, this is a dude. Um, Jordan, Love, Jordan Love did not do that. He he did some stuff that I think you can say, like, if you're a fan of his, like, well, he, he went where he was supposed to with the ball more often than not. That's encouraging because that's something that we had big questions about coming out. But ultimately, the sample size of six quarters just is not enough to really say definitively, yep, told you he sucks or yep, told you he's good. So. I, I wonder how the NFL views him in that way. Um, like someone brought up Pittsburgh would be is, is I think it's interesting to look at Pittsburgh and say like, okay, they need a, they need a young quarterback in Pittsburgh. And if Green Bay is willing to re up with Rogers for two or three years, I, I would, I'd move love. Right. I, I would move him in. Like would Pittsburgh be more willing to give up a late day two pick on a Jordan love versus gambling on a guy like Malik Willis? you know, in the first round. So like, I, th- I just think it's the fact that this year's quarterback crop is so underwhelming makes that even more interesting. Like would a team like that rather say like, Hey, we're going to hold on to our capital. And, and you know what, if we bring in Jordan love for a third round pick and he sucks, that's still bad on the Packers. Like that was dumb that they took him in the first round. We just wanted to kick the tires, you know, and, and he ain't any good. Um, and we'll but, move like, on immediately. Hey- do you think do you think Jordan Love's presence <clears throat> helped fuel Aaron Rodgers? I do. 100%. So that's where it was worth the pick for Green Bay. That's where that discussion comes in. in our back, 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 back-to-back MVPs and uh, really disappointing playoff exits. 13 cool. wins, all that good yeah, stuff. But it, before, it, it that, has, before that, Jake, we've talked about bad. this a bunch too. It was bad. And there were questions as to whether this dude was done. So That's why and, they took like, it. That's why they took him. <laughs> He, it looked like he was, the... looked like he was about done. 
And it, and it certainly was a fair point. Aaron Rodgers is December of 2019, save for the playoff game against Seattle where he was pretty good. Otherwise, playoff game against San Francisco wasn't good. And basically any game they played in December that year, save for the Giants game in the snow, was not good. He was not good throughout the course of that month. So it's tough to go, but I agree with Kent. There's no way that the guy who takes every perceived slight ever didn't use that as a, oh, I'm done? I'll show you guys kind of thing. So absolutely yeah. worth well, well, that one selection. Name, to kind of piggyback off of what Kent's saying, he's talking about physical tools and uh, just what they've been, been able to put on film. Um, I think Sam and Lambo Labo brought this up. Sam Howell, I think, is a guy that came into this season as someone that I think a lot of people really expected to like, hey, let's see, let's see what he can do without all these weapons. Can he be the guy at UNC? And I mean, ultimately, it kind of fell on his face without those guys, I think. Um, but his, I don't know, is he a junior or a senior? Is he a junior now? I think he was, he was, he might have been a, uh, an, an eligible junior for the senior bowl, if I remember correctly. But, but he, in any case, la- I mean, two seasons ago, you look at him as like a potential, like this guy could be a late riser, you know, or, or a top 10 guy. And now I think a lot of people are looking at him in a similar light to Jordan Love when he's like, hey, he didn't have a very good year when all those guys left. So what do you do with this guy? Um, well, I think Jordan, I think Jordan Love was more physically talented than him too, though. Yeah, and like, I mean, I don't think, I'm not sure, you know, Sam Howell's season was a little bit more up and down last year than, than we're probably giving it credit for too. It was like sure. he came yeah. in his freshman year and people were really excited about him. They, you know, there's a lot of optimism about him, the player, and it kind of feels like he started to kind of taper off a little bit uh, even last year as as tape got out on him. Uh, losing some weapons over the course of time and all that stuff. So um, I I came in with some optimism about cautious optimism about how coming into the year, I, I was a guy that was really like this guy could wind up being QB one. I think I probably even said that at some point, um, but I don't know, man, he's in that cluster for me. He's in that big bunch for me personally too, with the, you know, the, the five guys that are pretty close in grades for me. All so third-round grades, question. I think, I believe, too, by the way. Yeah, I think I gave third-round grades to all these guys. And a couple of them are going to be first-round picks because that's just typically mm-hmm. how that yeah. goes. So one more question for Kent before we let him get out of here again. You can follow him at Kent underscore Swanson and Casey Sports Network. Uh, they have a really good draft guide that I have bought each of the last couple of years. So, hey. Mr. Moyle, And it's really insightful. I think we could get you one for free this year. Like We could probably do that. I don't I know. Would, I would appreciate that if you know the guy uh, who knows a guy or anything like that. I would I would very much appreciate that. So my last question that we have for you guys is, who's your favorite quarterback in this class, Kent? My favorite quarterback in this class. And that doesn't have to mean the best. It can be just like, this dude's fun to watch. I hope he's good. Something like <laughs> you that. You want to know? Uh, it's the bullet. No. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's actually funnily. So I was at the Shrine Bowl last week. I got to watch the Chiefs season end uh, in a shout out a Owen Chiefs. Reese. Yeah. Hey, I hung out with Owen all week. Oh, like, Owen's we my guy, man. That's yeah. Owen. He'll be on the show for offensive linemen. So when we talk about yeah. real football players, yeah, seriously, he uh, he's the best. I yeah, we hung out a lot uh, when we were at the Shrine Bowl because he's working at the Shrine Bowl. So mm-hmm. um, my favorite quarterback probably is EJ Perry out of Brown, who I believe wanted to be in the MVP of the Shrine game. And like, I, again, like, I don't like, like, I don't have high expectations for him at all. Um, I had zero expectations before we got to, uh, to, uh, to Vegas. And so 
he really he's a fun prospect. He's a lot of fun. He's a freak athlete. I think he was one of the five fastest players at the Shrine Bowl uh, with their tracking data. And when we talked to Eric Galco, who's the director of scouting there for the Shrine Bowl uh, before the game, they said, this dude's a freak. I don't think he's going to play safety in the NFL, but he has the athleticism to convert to another side of the football. He's a freak athlete. I didn't see a ton of that in his tape at Brown, but getting this, getting on boots on the ground, getting to watch him in that entire setting. That dude, he he really impressed me. The athleticism, I, he threw the ball a lot better with more accuracy, more consistency during this process than he had kind of in college. So EJ Perry out of Brown, he's going to go like round seven or six, but he might be my favorite quarterback that that, that I have in this class. So when EJ yeah, I, Brown is the league MVP, you can talk to first. Kent Swanson about that first. And you can find Kent Swanson, like I mentioned, KC Sports Network at Kent underscore Swanson. Kent, always a pleasure. We'll have to have you back closer to the draft when it's something maybe a little more interesting than this quarterback class. But otherwise, tell the people, other than maybe what I said, where they can find you, uh, if they want to find anything like that and learn about another team wasting the prime of a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, we can all just lick our wounds all off season. Go to KC Sports Network's YouTube page. Stuff going uh, there, and we'll be talking a lot of just generic draft stuff there too. So there'll be a lot of fun stuff. You might even see Jake on there from time to time. I was just going to ask. Will I see that guy over there? I know he's done some draft day stuff. You were on that when they took Jordan Love, weren't you, Jake? Yeah, I was. Bearcat told me. <laughs> That's another point. We kind of have like I, like anybody that watches the draft and you watch it with your buddies. I think people have on like unwritten rules and stuff. And like Kent and I and like Maddie and Craig, like guys that we do this stuff all together. Like we just kind of like don't tell each other. Like if especially if it's our team, we do not say who it was. We let the like natural process go out. But our buddy uh, Bearcat. <laughs> who was on he was just on like a zoom call with us and we're all everyone's like sitting there like this like waiting to see my reaction it's quiet and bearcat just goes oh yeah they took the quarterback yep jordan love like <laughs> like two minutes before the pick we're all just like oh oh thanks buddy man. oh man it was actually probably good though that it wasn't my live reaction i had time to like digest that i was like oh they they actually did wow yeah it was a lot. So you can catch these two guys on that show. Kent, always a pleasure. Appreciate you stopping in. We'll see you again. Yep. Catch you later, guys. It's Kent Swanson. You can find him on KC Sports Network, like we mentioned here. And you might see Jake Morley there once or twice. Guys, I know it's kind of hard to do this show. And it's, you know, the first one, you always want to start with a bang. And Green Bay just isn't drafting a quarterback on the, on the yeah. higher end of things. You know, if we had done this show in 2019, when they did take Jordan love, then we could have said, Oh, maybe it was possible. You know, if Herbert falls, if Jordan love is there, you know, somebody like that. But my question to you, Jake is if green Bay does trade Aaron Rodgers, I got true North Packers fan saying he's glad green Bay is not drafting a potential quarterback replacement. And somewhere earlier in the chat, they were talking about if they'd go like the Brian Brom route. And that's what I want to ask you mm-hmm. is if Jordan love is the, designated starter and green Bay trades Rogers to Denver just to say, cause apparently he said, we'll see. Although I have yet to see anything on any of those videos that is him audibly saying, we'll see when somebody says, wait, what? What? So he, Aaron Rodgers what was playing golf. So Aaron Rodgers was playing golf today and allegedly in Phoenix, somebody said, Aaron come to Denver. And his response was, we'll see. Maybe I'm deaf, yeah. certainly possible, but I did not hear that when he was talking about that. So I, I don't know. Um, but nonetheless, my question off of that is if Jordan love is the presumed starter, do they, or could they go 
the Brian Brom route. And just to rewind for everybody, because Brian Brom stunk. Yeah, so I was going to say, there's remember. a lot of Brian Brom in this draft class. Well, the thing about Brom was, if you guys remember, if he had come out before his junior season, he might have been the number one overall pick, but he stayed for his senior year, wasn't as good, and then they took him in the second round when – this is where Peter Bukowski talked about this yesterday. Some of the revisionist history about this situation just bothers me, where people are like, oh, Green Bay knew how good Rodgers was. And it's like, well, no, they didn't because they took Brian Brom in with a top 60 pick and Flynn. in the draft – and Matt Flynn, and Matt Flynn in the same draft. Not just that, but here's the other part that bothers me, and I will let you talk after I get to this point. When they're like, oh, the plan all along with Rodgers was to let Favre play those two or three years, and then it was Aaron, and he was just always going to play. That is not true. Mm-hmm. It's not, because Green Bay loses the NFC Championship game with Favre. Favre retires in March. Favre calls the Packers in May and says, hey, I think I made a mistake. I want to come back. They reportedly, and this is Peter King. It's not just some random slapdick like me throwing this crap out there for nothing. And I had this confirmed to me by the Packers PR guy when I was in college. They flew to Green Bay or to Mississippi. While they were on the plane, Favre called them and left them a voicemail and said, Hey, never mind. You guys can just stay in Green Bay. I'm not coming back. But they were going to announce that he was coming back. If Favre is coming back that year, Rodgers never plays a snap for the green Bay Packers, not one. So the plan wasn't always to play him. And that's where, who am I to question Andrew Brandt? I say that full out. He's way smarter than I will ever be, but the plan doesn't always not account for variable change. This idea that green Bay took Jordan love on draft night, 2020 and said in 2022, he's our starter, no matter what happens the next two years, if they did that, every single person involved with that decision Needs to be fired because what is Aaron? The only thing Aaron Rodgers could have done to not change their mind about that is win two Super Bowls these last two years. If they had done that, maybe Aaron retires. But if they had done that, that's the only thing that makes his resume bulletproof for the last two years since they had mm-hmm. Jordan Love. Two MVPs, the best player in the sport, 13 wins. And I say all that saying I would trade him now. And I understand how stupid this sounds when I throw it all out here like this. But if they had won two Super Bowls and Green Bay was just like, yep, oh, fuck it. We're trading him because that was always our plan. That's horrible. Anyways, yeah. Jake, my question off of that was, can you see Green Bay if Jordan Love is a starter doing a, a Brian Brom type of thing? Iowa Joe seems to think they could take someone later like they did Matt Flynn. And I think they might do that if, regardless because if Rodgers is here, Love might not be. So they'll draft somebody while Bankert is the backup for a year uh, or two. I was going to say, yeah, I think you got to take Banker into the, the, the conversation. I think they like him a lot. And I think Banker kind of is your Matt Flynn type guy, guy that's been around that knows the system, kind of the savvy bet that maybe an athlete type guy, you know, yeah, mobile, so, and that, Hill type. that guy to me, um, not athlete, but tools is Carson strong, the Nevada kid, because um, I know there's some concerns about it, like his knee and stuff like that. Um, but as far as just like arm talent goes, he's got it. Like he's, he's got it, you know? So like a guy like that in the middle of the draft, you want to say like, Hey, we're going to, we like Jordan love. We like him a lot. Uh, let's take another young guy and let's take a flyer on him. Um, that would be the guy. That would be the guy that I would I'd throw a dart on. You know, I would take my lottery ticket, if you will, and say like, Hey, if this guy hits, he could be really good. Um, but other than that, you know, like deeper in this draft class, I don't know. Like the guy, EJ pair, who's the guy that can't just brought up. That guy sounds good. Bring him, take him in the seventh, <laughs> you know, like whatever. 
Yeah, you can get a couple of those things going on. My other question I have to you before we close out here, uh, we have one more thing at the end, but I looked at some of these teams with two first-round picks. So the Giants, the Jets aren't taking a quarterback. The Lions have two first-round picks. The Eagles have three first-round picks, which is just wild to me that that's a thing. Miami has a couple. Um, actually, Miami doesn't have a couple. They traded the one to Philly, so they only have the one from San Francisco. But Detroit – could a team maybe that has two first round picks view that at the way I, and you could say this is right. You could say this is wrong. When everybody bagged on Jacksonville last year for taking Travis Etienne in the first round, I wondered if they just viewed that pick as a bonus pick so they could kind of ignore positional value and just kind of throw that to the wind and, and just say, we just want a guy that we really, really like, like green Bay did that. They didn't throw positional value to the wind, but they took Darnell Savage when they had their two first round picks that year when they also took my child, my son, that everybody said sucked and he's really good. It's Rashawn Gary. Thank you, everybody. He's our best player on defense. Thank you very much for that. Shout out to Nick Scheib. He was one of the only people I know that really loved that pick at the time. Nonetheless, could you see a team maybe talking themselves into someone like Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, somebody like that in the right. first round? If they have that second first round pick and they're like, okay, so I'm Detroit. I got Aiden Hutchinson at two, which is stupid if that happens because Jacksonville should pick him, but whatever. Now I can take a quarterback and and hope that – and if honestly, you can even do that, and even if he stinks, then you can be like, hey, if we're in this position next year and we didn't think Desmond Ritter was any good and we got a chance to draft Bryce Young, we do. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think I, Detroit is an interesting conversation because they have Jared Goff, right? And Jared Goff is basically – like I think Kenny Pickett or Ritter hitting is is Jared Goff. Right. Like you're like, all right, let's draft a young guy who could someday develop into Jared Goff. Like that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So like for Detroit, I could see them doing it. If a guy like Malik Willis is there at the end of the first, uh, a guy that just like has the tools and maybe even like a Sam Howell, you know, Sam Howell, I think, or a Corral. I think those guys have a little bit more live arm and a little bit more athletic than maybe Pickett or Ritter. But like, I, I don't know, man, like, I, I just I would not bet the house on any of those guys, which I know is to your point of like, well, you're not because they had this, they had this whole, you know, they got their second round pick, so there are are the second overall pick. So I wouldn't if I were them, but bad teams stay bad for a reason, and maybe they do that and they they view it as a bonus pick when they could just go out and try to build something around Goff, and if they stink again next year, then take your quarterback. And try to put them into a you know an offense and or a team that is more well equipped to win games with the stud as opposed to kind of a placeholder. Like, don't draft a placeholder. Just you have yours already, you know, and suck like whatever. So, I don't know. I I because Philly's not going to take quarterback, right? I wouldn't think they would. They should. Well, here as a pseudo Eagles fan, which I am now, the Eagles should be trading those picks for Russell Wilson. So yeah. to my to my beloved birds, go get Mr. Unlimited because Jalen Hurts ain't it. So that's what I would be doing. But you're right. I think those those teams in general, I just wondered if that was something maybe a team could talk themselves into. Jacksonville with Trent Balky and the incompetent boob that was Urban Meyer, maybe not being the greatest example of that. So Jake, at this show, we are going to ascribe to the theory that the draft is five rounds long. And anything after that, is a flyer preferred undrafted free agent, stuff yep. like that. 
My well, question that's, to you. That's correct. That's correct. So what, what you just laid out is absolutely correct. Some would even say the fourth round, but I'm, I'm a five round guy. I'm a five round guy myself. I so. am a five round guy as well. It depends on the class, but I am a five round guy as well. So my question to you is not what percentage Green Bay takes a quarterback, because I think those percentages are pretty low and I think we would agree on that. But instead, is the percentage chance higher that Green Bay takes a quarterback in this draft or a kicker? Kicker. They're going to take a kicker. I promise you, they're going to take a kicker. Dicker, the kicker, is going to be a Packer. Think well, about I'm it. rooting for Jake Moody, but <clears throat> the Packer, Goody has taken every other specialist except a kicker. Why wouldn't he? Like, why would he? It hasn't he not? worked just throwing yeah, that it, one out there. It, it, it has worked. Third time's a charm, baby. <laughs> Third time's a charm. I think it's, I do, yeah, I think kicker is the higher percentage that they take here. I think it, Rogers is going to be back. Love will be back. Banker's going to be back. I think they have three guys that they um, at least one on the roster, you know, and uh, I, I do think as much as I love Mason Crosby, I didn't love holding my breath every time he kicked a field goal the second half of the season and having my heart broken. I know it wasn't really his fault that it got blocked, but I feel like it was, even though it's not, but I'm ready. I'm just ready. You know, Mason has been great but he's expensive. So unless he gets cut and comes back on a super cheap deal because he, he wants the Rogers rate, he goes with the Rogers rate. Um, JJ Molson's interesting. I'm gonna talk about that in a second, but like, uh, unless he goes with the Rogers rate and comes back and like for like nothing, he ain't going to be back next year in, in, in Green Bay. JJ Molson was on the practice squad all season. Right. And we like to point to that and say like, Hey, JJ Molson, JJ Molson, they really like this kid. They really like this kid. And they might really like him. I'm not throwing that out. But let's also keep in mind, almost every team kept a kicker on the practice squad this year for uh, COVID. This it makes sense. COVID. I don't know if you heard of you've heard of COVID, right? Yeah. So what if, is it? yeah, I heard if, it was fake. Is it like fake? if <laughs> maybe Dr. Joe Rogan will tell you a thing or two? Uh, but but like so, yeah. If if Mason got sick, they had their guy. They had their guy ready to go in and kick. Right. I think that was it more than anything. But if you're saying. Apparently Canadians love Molson, so he's kicked in the snow. Like uh, we got to get Labo on here, man, or Lobo. How, how do you say it? Like, Labo ben. and yeah, Ben. Yeah, Ben. 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 I've invited ben. ben like four times onto these fucking things, and he just refuses to do it. So Ben, Ben, are you begging, real? Are you a real person? I'm begging you, I'm begging you to come on one of these shows, please. I'm asking as us. nicely as dude, I can. Do let's get him on during the special teams uh cuz we got to have a special teams episode this year. We're going to have to have one. Almost feels like we do, yeah. And then you come on, you're going to talk, you're going to tell us about get your JJ Molson scouting report ready to roll. Well, there's I that. Want, He's a bot. I want so... it uh, figured. I figured he's too nice. Too nice. He's too to nice. To me especially. Yeah, stuff. yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Um my mine is also kicker. Uh the one thing I will say about JJ Molson is you said, "Oh, they like him. They kept him on the practice." And I've said that too. I so also I, really yeah. liked they also really liked Dave Rayner and they still drafted Mason Crosby. Now, granted that was Dave a different general Rayner. manager, a different time oh, frame, man. all that stuff. My thing with Crosby is this, if the special teams are going to suck and maybe they won't, maybe Richie Bisaccia will fix some things. I would certainly like to think so, but if he doesn't, I'm okay with a kicker playing for the vet minimum and having his kicks blocked as opposed to like Mason Crosby. If you're going to make three, four five million $5 million, if I'm paying a kicker who I don't even consider a football player that much money, I need you to be Justin Tucker and basically mm -hmm. automatic. 
And he wasn't. Even when Crosby wasn't getting his kicks blocked, he wasn't automatic. Like, he had a stretch during the season. Now, you could say maybe the blocking was in his head. You could say all kinds of stuff. I hope Mason retires. Uh, if not, I would cut him and sign a kicker for the vet minimum. Like my guy True North said, please, Crosby, retire. Yes, yeah. I am asking, please retire because I don't want the team to have to cut you. I understand. I've actually talked to Mason Crosby a couple different times. He was always nice to me, so I'm appreciative of that. But like you said, Jake, every time he went on the field, I held my breath. Either that the kick was going to be blocked or he just might flat freaking miss it. And he did a lot. And he missed missed and got a lot of kicks blocked this year, including in the playoff game. And that cost the Packers a chance to play in a game that could have gotten them to the Super Bowl against a team they had already beaten. So I am also with you. I am on kicker. I know Dicker, the kicker, is going to be the popular one. I love Jake Moody. He's a Michigan guy. He was the specialist of the year. Uh, he was automatic for a Michigan team that has had – as many kicker issues in recent years as I can remember. And Moody was money in the bank. So I am for Jake and he's kicked in the cold. He kicked in Ann Arbor. Dick of the kicker. That's, I believe he was a Texas guy. I'm Texas. I know who he's he is. got big old leg though. I think he kicked in the snow, but you never know. You never really know until you're there. I mean, and Lambo is like the, the wind and stuff. So like maybe yeah, the wind swirls down in there and it's weird. And you see Crosby, like they're not just standing on the sideline kicking. They're trying to figure out what way the wind's going. How do I aim appropriately? All that good stuff. We're out of time guys. We've gone too long. I appreciate you guys stopping in for the quarterback show. I did have Mark ask, when is the wide receiver for draft preview? That'll be in two weeks. So next week we're going to talk running backs. We're going to talk that with Corey Seeley and a guest to be named later for the wide receiver show here in a couple of weeks, but that'll probably be one more interesting and maybe run a little bit longer just because there's going to be more guys to talk about. And it's a sexy position. So mm. good point out here. You're right, Mark. Justin Tucker did go to Texas, and he's the greatest kicker of all time, maybe other than Adam Vinatieri. So kudos on that. Good little tidbit there. But thank you guys for stopping by. You can follow me. I'm on Twitter at Jacob Westendorf. You can follow Jake. He's on Twitter at Jake. Sorry. You can follow him on Twitter. He's at Jacob Morley. We will be back next week, like I mentioned, with Corey Seeley of NFL Draft Scout. And the other thing I do want to mention, go to Game on Wisconsin. Check our bio out. in. The bio, there is a link to our merch page. And within that merch page, uh, there is a t-shirt memorial for my dad. My dad obviously tragically passed away a couple of weeks ago. His funeral was one week ago today. 100%. I do not make a cent on this. Nobody from Game On Wisconsin does. Nobody anywhere else does. 100% of these proceeds go to his memorial, which is for the local baseball diamond. I've already bought a couple of shirts, obviously, because I wanted them. I designed them. But you guys feel free to purchase them as well. If you do not want to purchase a t-shirt, but still want to donate to the memorial, follow me on Twitter, shoot me a message. I will let you know how to donate. And I will send you a picture personally when I send the check to Rockford Pony Baseball. But until then, I appreciate you guys stopping in. And I promise that might be the last time I mentioned my dad this off season. Maybe it won't be. I don't know. It's my dad was Superman, so I can do whatever the hell I want. This is my show. But uh, thanks to Jake Morley, to Kent Swanson, for myself. We'll see you guys next week. 